I mean, it was him that got murdered, not me. I don't know who he was, but he did not wait for me to make the obvious point. He said, That is so, sir, yes. And we know who he was, and we don't know why anyone should want to kill him. But it seems he was killed yesterday evening, possibly in the dusk, and he was certainly killed from behind and not far from your cottage. And you wouldn't have noticed it, but he was dressed very much as you are and was about your size and build. So it did occur to us to wonder whether he might have been killed in mistake for you. And about you, sir, of course, we know next to nothing. Only that you come from the south and have taken Mr. Morton's cottage for a bit and made the booking through his agents in Brancastle. So it seemed worth asking. He was so apologetic about it that he almost disarmed me, but not quite. So far as the unknown up in the heather was concerned, there was nothing on my conscience, and so far as I could see nothing to get me involved beyond the mere fact of my finding him. But I was damned if I was going to discuss my past with the inspector, and saw no good reason why I should. I smiled at him, and this time the smile came with a more practiced assurance. I shook my head at him, almost gaily. I don't expect I'm more universally loved than anyone else, I said, but I can't really believe anyone would bother to follow me all the way up here to do me in, apart from the fact that no one knows I'm here, I mean, except the agents and presumably Mr. Morton. I thought for a moment. Incidentally, I said, do we know what the murdered man was doing here, whoever he was? I mean, was he a local? I've certainly never seen him around, but then I haven't been here long. My assurance seemed to take a weight off his mind, though that did not make much sense either, because he must have been badly in need of some explanation. At any rate, he shook his head almost as cheerfully as I had. Not a local man, he said, or not what you'd call local. He came from Brancastle, a Mr. Mowbray. We got on to him pretty quickly, in fact. There was a tailor's tag in his jacket pocket, which somebody seems to have overlooked. They're not so common as they were, of course. What I mean is, there wasn't anything else on him at all to show who he was, and most of us carry something, even if it's only an old envelope. But here, there was nothing but the tag, which looks as if someone went over him, but not quite thoroughly enough. But what he was doing here, we can't say, unless he was brought, of course. I looked at him with friendly interest, and listened to him with only half my mind. I was picking over my memory for Mowbray's, and could not come up with a single one, and yet I felt I ought to be able to. I would not have had the inspector think so for the world, but I had a feeling... I ought to know this Mr. Mowbray, who had come here from Brancastle only a few days after I had.
But even with only half my mind working on it, the lack of Mowbrays in my past seemed singularly complete. I smiled a sort of respectful smile, partly for the dead man's sake and partly for the inspector's, and said, Well, I'm sorry I can't be of more use, and I'm sorry for the chap, whoever he was. Any family? A wife, he said. No children. I nodded with a proper relief, and he got up to go. He said, I don't know what you have in mind. He was all hesitation again. I mean, he said, I don't know if y'all feel like staying on here after this has happened. I was not going to tell him what I felt like, but clearly there was only one thing I could say, and I said,